You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. kind of service now that you do is important to God. Everything you do is important to God when you do it with the right heart. Do all things according to the Lord, it says. And when you do all things according to the Lord, God will bless that and he will see that. If it's washing toilets, if it's scrubbing floors, whatever it may be, taking care of someone, helping the sick, whatever you're doing, if you do it as unto the Lord, the Lord recognizes that. But if you're doing it with groaning and grumbling and complaining, There's no blessing in that, folks. There are some jobs in ministry that aren't very glamorous, but these jobs are so important in God's church. Today, Pastor Dave will encourage you to simply serve God however He's calling you with an open and willing heart. He sees your heart and devotion and treasures that. Don't serve for recognition, but serve God to please Him. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 6 as he continues his message. Names, names, and more names. In verses 49 through 53, we come to the family of Aaron. Aaron was Moses' brother. He was Moses' big brother. He was born first because he's listed first in in the genealogy. Within the tribe of Levi, there was a special priestly family that all descended with the, from the very first priest who was Aaron. Aaron was there. All priests, therefore, are Levites, but not all Levites are priests. Levites have a special job. What's interesting here is that if you look here, it says, but Aaron and his sons offered sacrifices on the altar of burnt offering and on the altar of incense for all the work of the most holy place and made atonement for Israel according to all that Moses, the servant of God, had commanded. And these are the sons of Aaron, Eleazar, his son, Phineas his son, and Abishah, his son, and so on. There are two names missing. There are two names missing in that group. Can anybody tell me their names by any chance? Yep. Nadab and Abihu. Right. Why are their names missing? They They offered strange fire to the Lord, and the Lord killed them. You can find that in Leviticus 10, verse 3. They offered strange fire to the Lord, and the Lord killed them. So they're not even listed. Very much like, if you remember when we did First Chronicles 1, Cain and Abel are not listed. Cain and Abel are not listed in the genealogy. So the Levites served God in every conceivable way you can imagine, practically and spiritually. Every kind of service now that you do is important to God. Everything you do is important to God when you do it with the right heart. Do all things according to the Lord, it says. And when you do all things according to the Lord, God will bless that. And he will see that. If it's washing toilets, if it's scrubbing floors, whatever it may be, taking care of someone, helping the sick, whatever you're doing, if you do it as unto the Lord, the Lord recognizes that. 
But if you're doing it with groaning and grumbling and complaining, there's no blessing in that, folks. There's no blessing in that. There's no blessing in that. So God looks at every kind of service and he doesn't deem any service more important than the other. And I've said this before and I contend it. That, you know, we always think that when we get to heaven, there's going to be this long line of saints. And you always wonder, who's at the front of the line? Who's at the front of the line? Well, in my opinion, it's the little old lady who's been scrubbing floors all her life. All her life she's been scrubbing floors and nobody has ever given her the time of day or recognized anything that she does. But the entire time she's scrubbing floors, she's praying. And praying and praying and praying and praying. I think she's up at the front. She's not doing it for recognition. She's not doing it for anything except the Lord. All she wants to do is please her God. Man, that's the heart I want. Oh, man, that's the heart I want. Huh? Come on. That's the heart I want. And that's what I think, I, I, that's my opinion. In verses 54 through 81 now, you see where the Levites lived. They were not giving a piece of property like the rest of the tribes. They were not giving property to own like the rest of the tribes because Levites served God. Therefore, their portion or inheritance was God. So each tribe had to cut out some places for their cities for them to live. And that's how the Levites lived. They lived within a tribe and they ministered to that tribe, but they didn't basically own the land. It was basically said, okay, this is your plot of ground. Then you can live here, Levite. And that's what they did. So each tribe had their own religion men living with them. And you can see that. According to Numbers 18.20, that's what you can read about. The inheritance was the Lord, and the people gave tithes and offerings to God, and it was brought to the Levites for distribution, and they were able to live off of that. They were given Hebron in the land of Judah and the surrounding areas, and they were all over the place. Look at Numbers 35. You can read all about it as you study God's word. Moving into chapter 7, we come to the family of Iskachar. Iskachar and his descendants in the first five verses of seven. I love verses two to five. And he talks about the sons there. The sons of Tolert were mighty men of valor in their generations. Their number in the days of David was 22,600. Then he talks more about that. He says, and with them by their generations, according to their father's houses, were 36,000 troops ready for war, for they had been many wives and sons. Now their brethren among all the families of Iskatar were mighty men of valor. There's that word again, listed by their genealogies, 87,000 in all. So a rather small tribe, a rather insignificant tribe. However, one of the things I want to get you to understand is if it's in the Bible, it's not insignificant. There is nothing insignificant in God's word. There's nothing we should overlook. Now, I didn't read all of these names per se, but you can. You can go back and look at them because you have to remember, these guys, although they didn't enter to be great men, but they were mighty men of valor and they warred against the invaders with David. 
Without them, David probably wouldn't have conquered as much as he conquered, except we know he had the Lord. I'm not taking anything away from the Lord, heaven forbid. But these men were there. They were available. And that's what service to the Lord is, being available. You want to serve the Lord? Make yourself available. Make yourself available, not only to him, to either the church, to your friend, but make yourself available. That's how we serve the Lord. And that's what these men did. They made themselves available. David, here we are, and we're serving you. You're our king. And these are mighty men of valor. Get that title. I love that title, mighty men of valor. I think that's a cool title. I like that. That's a great title. So, in verses 6 through 12, we have the sons of Benjamin. The sons of Benjamin. In verse 10 of Benjamin, there's a name I want to draw your attention to. And the name is Ehud. E-H-U-D. Ehud. He was a very famous leader in the judges area. And you can read about him, and we studied him when we studied Judges 3. When we studied Judges 3, verses 12 to 30, we talked about this judge. As we go through this genealogy, there is a missing tribe. And we haven't gone all the way through, but we're getting close because the genealogy stopped in chapter 9. And here we are in chapter 7, almost to 8. There is a missing tribe. Does anybody know what the missing tribe is? Dan. Dan is not mentioned in this genealogy per se, nor is he mentioned in the genealogy of the tribes in Revelation. He's not mentioned in that genealogy either. And it's always been perplexing to me why Dan wasn't mentioned. And I've studied and looked at that. That's a great homework assignment for you to do if you want to find out. But in verse 12 of chapter 7 here, there is a name at the end. The son of Ahar. The son of Ahar. Many scholars believe that this is a veiled reference to the tribe of Dan. It's not noted in the, in the genealogy. It's not noted here. There are four things that support the idea that this is a reference to Dan. In Genesis 46, 21, Hushim is mentioned as a son of Dan. And we see his name there in that area. Hupin, Hushnim, there it is right there. Next verse in 1 Chronicles 7, 13 mentions the son of Bilhah, who was the mother of both Dan and Natali, also mentioned in that verse. Otherwise, Dan is left out of the genealogy. Dan is not here. The Hebrew writers sometimes use the word another, adhere, to describe an abominable thing which the writer disdained to mention, hence they call a swine, which to them was very unclean and loathing creature, another thing. Could this tell us why Dan's not mentioned? I don't know. Is puzzlement. So we can't make, we can't make conjecture. We got to be careful. If we read it, we have to heed it. If we can't read it, we don't need it. So it's not listed in there. It doesn't say. You can make up all the things you want, but it's really not said. In verse 13, begin the family of Naphtali. You can see all those people. Not a lot. In verse 14, we have Manasseh West. 
When the blessings were given out to Jacob's son, remember there were 12 of them. But remember when we read the tribes, there were 13. Because Joseph gets the birthright, but Joseph steps out, and part of his birthright is his sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, take his place. Understand that? Joseph steps out, and two come in. So that's what we have in verses 14 through 19, the ones in Manasseh West. In verses 20 through 29, we have his brother, Ephraim, and their family. In verses 30 through 40, we have the family of Asher, the other son. And in verse 40, we read, All these were children of Asher, heads of their fathers, houses, choice men, mighty men of valor, chief leaders, and they were recorded by genealogies among the army fit for battle. Their number was 26,000. So again, mighty men of valor, men who served God, but were not well known. They were just not well known in the scheme of things, but yet they served God with pure hearts. They served God wanting nothing more than to be in his service. And that should tell us something, folks. That should tell us something. There's nobody minuscule in God's eyes. Not one person is, is, is esteemed more than another. None of us. We're all equal in the eyes of God. We're all equal in his eyes. And it's important that we look that way. And he wants us to serve him, and he wants us to be available. As we get to chapter 8, we come to the family of King Saul, the tribe of Benjamin, the tribe of Benjamin. And you can look down there, you can see all those people that brought forth. Go over to verse 33. In verse 33, here we have Saul the king's Heritage. Near begat Kish. Kish begat Saul. Saul begat Jonathan, Malchishua, Abinadad, and Eshbaal. The son of Jonathan was Merebaal, and Merebaal begat Micah. Okay, so we have this family tree. This snare is also called Abiel in 1 Samuel 1 9. This Jonathan's son, Merib Baal, was changed. Anybody know what it was changed to? Remember the name Meshebeth? I still can't say it. Meshebeth. Meshebeth. Yes, Meshebeth. Meshebeth. That guy, yeah. He, why did they change his name? Somebody can read, read 33. Why did he change his name to that name? Why? He changed his name from this one. Why? Come on. Baal. Baal. The idol god, Baal. If you were a Christian, would you want your name to be Satan. No. So he changed his name. <laughs> uh, you guys kill me. Anyhow, we have the mighty men of valor. Number 40, they were archers. Nine talks about the recording 
The first eight chapters of Chronicles is a genealogical record. These records were inscribed in the book of the kings of Israel, but they're not the same books as we know as First and Second Kings. The writer of this book really had in mind given these people a history lesson. Um, remember, it was the unfaithfulness to God that the kingdom of Judah was carried away in the first place. It was the unfaithfulness to God that Israel, the northern kingdom, was carried away. But God protected them even in the midst of all these things. And when they come back, the writer of this chronicles doesn't even pick up, doesn't even say anything about the, the captivity. He just moves on. He just begins to move on and he completely skips over 70 years. So, but he talks about these genealogies and who dwelt in their, in their presence. And he talks about the priests and the Levites and how they restored everything and the descendants of Aaron and how that all makes, makes sense. He mentions the leaders of Israel and the priests and he keeps going on and on and on. And when you get to 35 and 44, we finally come to the family of King Saul which leads us into chapter 10 because chapter 10 begins the chronicle story with the death of King Saul. Chapter 10 begins the chronicle story with the death of King Saul. So 44, the emphasis on some of the genealogy line of Saul, both before him and after him, is listed. Why do you think they went after King Saul? Why do you think, now, now, now King Saul was not a great guy. He started out like a house of fire, but he ended miserably. So why do you think they continued on with the genealogy even after him? What's your th thoughts? The mercy. God wanted to make sure that you knew that he didn't wipe out the line of Saul. He didn't wipe out the line of Saul. He didn't wipe out the entire tribe of Benjamin. Praise God, because there was a very, very famous guy who came from the tribe of Benjamin. Somebody give me his name. The, Saul, the Apostle Paul, yes. Saul, read Philippians 3, from the tribe of Benjamin. Named after this Saul, I would imagine. So I want to wrap up so we can get into chapter 10 next week and, and move forward on in, in all of this. And you can read these things for yourselves. We have a few minutes. But my point here is that nothing in the Bible is useless. Every word of the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit. The chapters and verses, they seemed at first unprofitable, but they're there for good purpose. And we can learn from the list of names that God always keeps his word. He had promised Abraham that his seed would be like the stars in the sky, like the sand of the sea. And here you see the results. You see the results of all these people. He promised that he would rise up a savior, a messiah. And it would, he would come from the family of David. This is the Davidic covenant that he made with David. And from these verses, and then you compare them to Matthew genealogy, they prove that Jesus was the son of David. He was the son of Abraham. And he was God's promise fulfilled. And you can read that. We learn from, next from these lists of names that there's no one good under the sun, no, not one. We all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is no one righteous. Everyone sinned. If you look at these guys and you say, whoa, how can they be in that genealogy? They were this, they were that. Well, how can you be there? <laughs> Only by God's grace. <laughs> Only by God's mercy. Only by God's love can we be there. I mean, some of these names, you're like, wait a minute, they had, how can, how can someone have a 
godly parent, but yet be so atrocious. And we see that in these genealogies. We studied that as we went through First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings. Parents should pray night and day that their children will be born of the Spirit, that their children will be born again. We need to pray constantly that this would happen. From this list of names, we need and can discover just how great mercy and compassion God has through Jesus Christ for us. Think how defiled and unclean our nature is. Then think of how God came, came to earth to be born of a woman, left the beautiful, beautiful surroundings of his, of, of his, of his throne and came to earth to be born of a woman, humbled himself. He came in the likeness of men. And some of these names that he came from have shameful histories, have extremely sad stories. They were corrupt. They were evil. They were bad. But some of those people are never mentioned in the Bible as being bad. You never hear from them. You never hear the bad stories, even when you read them. Abraham, the father of our faith. And I love the scripture in Hebrews that said, Abraham never wavered at the promise. Excuse me? What do you mean he never wavered at the promise? It's not my wife, it's my sister. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Abraham made lots of messes. But he never wavered at the promise that God through his seed would present the Messiah. That all the world would be blessed by his seed. Abraham didn't, didn't waver at that. And none of these men, like a David, the scripture says they saw from afar the Messiah. They saw him. They were never around when Christ came. But they always looked afar and saw him and by faith believed. And that's what we're called to do, isn't it? By faith believe. Believe in the Messiah. Believe in our God. That's right. At the end of this genealogy, if you go to Matthew and if you go to, go, go to Luke, at the end of the genealogy is the name above all names. The name that at every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. And that is the name. And that is what all this leads to. This entire Old Testament is Christ concealed. And when you get to the New Testament, it's Christ revealed. And we see him. So it's important that we study this. And I thank you for your patience in going through these things. And I tried to make it as interesting as possible. I didn't want to bore you with all the names and read all the names. But there's, there's some interesting things in there if you go back and look for yourself. And that's what we do in these Bible studies. We try to spur you to read for yourselves and, and find out what the Lord's speaking to you about. There might be a name in there that you want to do a study on. Try to look up and study why Dan's not in the genealogy. Look up and study about some of these names. There's some really cool things in there, some neat things that you can learn from there. There's nothing wasted in God's word, nothing ever, and we should never, ever, ever take it lightly. And I hope it made some sense to you, and I hope you were able to glean from it some things that God was speaking to your heart about. And I thank you for that. Chapter 10, and it begins with Saul's death. It begins with the death of Saul and Jonathan. And we're going to move rapidly through First. Chronicles, Second Chronicles, really, because we've already studied it in First Samuel, Second Samuel, First Kings, and Second Kings. We've always studied a lot of it, so we'll move more rapidly through that. You are You've been listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave. Pastor Dave has been making his way through the book of First Chronicles. 
I don't know about you, but the first thing I think of with this book is history, ancient history. I think of the stories of King David, but as I read through it today, I noticed how many verses there are that proclaim the goodness of God and give Him glory. Verses like 1 Chronicles 16, 29-31, which say, Ascribe to the Lord the glory do His name. Bring an offering and come before Him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. Tremble before Him, all the earth. Yes, the world is established, it shall never be moved. Let the heavens be glad, and let the earth rejoice, and let them say among the nations, The Lord reigns. David had brought the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem, and the first response he and the people had to the presence of God was to worship Him. We want to be worshipers just like David was, and you're invited to join us. A Sure Hope comes to you out of Calvary Chapel, Cape May. And if you're in the area, we would love to worship God together with you this weekend. Our services are held at 8.30 and 10.30 on Sunday morning. You can find all the information you need at assurehoperadio.com. Again, that's assurehoperadio.com. And if you can't make it in person, we stream our services live to Facebook and YouTube. That's all for today. But we hope to see you again next time as we rest together in a sure hope.